Nikki Jensen and Brie Picconi and we're late, late to the party. So this week on Movie Club, we are doing the 2000 cult classic Coyote Ugly. Yeah, so much fun. I know we just watched Coyote Ugly for the first time. I've seen it in my adult life. Mm. Like a lot of times on Movie Club, we do a lot of like movies that I love that you haven't seen. Yeah. Or haven't seen in a really long time or don't know a lot about, etc. But this is one where I don't know if I've seen it all the way through, and I haven't seen it since I was, like, eight, so. I saw it about, like, a year ago, and I remember vibing and being like, yeah, but I wasn't paying that close attention, you know? But was it just, like, on E or something and, like, a click-through? It was, Yeah, it was, like, on TV for sure, and yeah, I was like, oh, Coyote Ugly, I haven't seen this. I remember loving this movie. Let's watch it and just, you know. It held up in my mind. Yeah. Well, I know this movie right now is having like a moment on TikTok and on the internet. I saw. I know. I've seen so many like like light think pieces or like TikTok like trends. Like um, what is it? I saw, I saw a couple TikToks recently where they were like 2022 style is just what they wore in Coyote Ugly. I love that. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'm ready for like low rise pants, snake skin, like leather pants, flares. Oh, oh my gosh. Cropped like graphic tees <gasps> that say random things. Bedazzles. Yes. Like literally cutting up a t-shirt to make it more sexy. I'm here for this. Yes. Lip gloss. I'm just, I'm glad we're back. Same. Showing thongs, like we talked about in the last episode. I'm here for it all. Chaps. Totally. Christina Aguilera, dirty era, style only. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so like, it is a big trend right now, like the coyote ugly wear mm-hmm. in this movie, like the sweetest thing is kind of having a moment. Also, did you see um, Haley Bieber, her Coachella look? Yes. So Piper Parabell she looks, in this film. Yes. No, like 100%. She looks just like her. Like, legit. Like, even in the face. I don't know if that's just like a quinky dink, but. No, I don't know. It's legit. And her style, especially the Coachella style with like the braids, mm-hmm. they had to have put on like a mood board for Hailey Bieber for Coachella. Piper Parabone, Coyote Ugly. They had to. Because she it's it's like the eyes, too, and the lips. Dude. But the brows. Also, I think she just kind of resembles her, at least in this this um, angle, in this photo. Like, yeah. Oh, 100%. I I'm think she looks it. like her in general, too. Maybe she does. I just never made the connection. <laughs> well, we're just back in the year 2000, and I'm okay with that. Well... Well, I don't know if this would be, like, because I know, like, Tyra Banks wants to, uh, oh, she was yeah. really wanting a sequel, but I guess they wanted to do the original cast. I don't know if that's, like, if it's too late now, because if they did a recast, I'd say Hailey Bieber. For sure, her acting debut. Yeah. That's perfect. I feel like if we saw No Offense, <laughs> those ladies now, they still look hot. Like, Bridget Moynihan and Maria Bello still look amazing. Yeah. But Brie, 
that would be kind of sad if they hopped on that bar. <laughs> mm. Like, there's something about it. Like, they'd have to... That's ageist, though. Maybe I'm ageist. Maybe, Maybe I'm a men's right activist and I'm ageist. <sighs> Who's to say? But I don't know. Something about it would feel odd. But maybe they could pull it off. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... Okay. Well, I feel like this movie, it's from the year 2000, right? Mm-hmm. That was such a different time. Like, a. I don't know if I want to say, like, happy-go-lucky, because not necessarily but like uh, but this was pre-9-11 baby the 90s like politically like after the gulf war we were riding so high yeah. there were no problems life was so good in the year 2000 yeah i think there's a lot of that in this movie just like that vibe and i don't know if you can make that magic again or like maybe not with the same cast i don't know yeah they're gonna have to make it weirdly feminist or weirdly political and i uh, it just t- takes the fun out of it. And then you see, like, a bunch of, like, women in their 50s. I It could it could happen. I just don't know if it would be the same vibe that we would want, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, because this movie has a sort of, like, it's the cachet is there's these, like, young, sexy women who are, like, strong and fun that are at the bar. Yeah. And everyone else is, like, a dum-dum. Yeah. I, don't, I also don't know if the whole cast would get back. Well, because also the main character, Violet, she kind of moves on from that life at the end. Like, That's true. She doesn't stay in the coyote ugly. Like She, like, wins. Yeah. <laughs> like, she so, gets what she wants. She literally at the end is like, I've got everything I want. Full stop. Like, how do you sequel that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the movie really leaves anything open for a sequel, which I don't know. I think that's great. Perfect. I, I like when movies are just movies that are good on their own no sequel not necessary agreed i also think coyote ugly is one of those films where it's like the perfect time capsule Mm. like we're so into like y2k fashion now and like everything like the nostalgia of the 2000s and i think like especially the year 2000 it's such like a fun fresh like i don't think we're ever gonna feel that fun and fresh again so to just go back and have this one film that kind of fashion-wise and just movie-wise, and we'll talk about the soundtrack later, it kind of encapsulates the new millennium in that way. I say leave it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. But yeah. But yeah. Haley Bieber, she's serving Piper and, um, what is it? Piper per- Parabo? Yeah. Who, can we talk about Piper Parabo? The year 2000 Mm -hmm. to, like, maybe 06, she had, like, a moment. Maybe not – that's maybe too long of a time period. But do you remember her just being in things? I vaguely do. But I'm like, what else have I seen her in? Because I remember her face and, like, her eyebrows and, like – she has, like, a bit of a pouty face and expressive eyebrows, you know? Yeah. She's gorgeous. She is. I Well, she was in Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh. She was in The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, Coyote Ugly, probably oh. something else. But I just remember being a kid and her being in everything. Or in my brain, everything. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah, she was in that, that iconic film that I've never seen. Oh, there's Because I Said So in 2007 with Diane Keaton. Oh, and Mandy Moore? And Mandy Moore. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that I've just seen her in things. She She had a moment. Wow. 
I wonder mm-hmm. how she's doing. It looks like she's still been making things though. Like I, I'm looking at her, um, like the movies and stuff, and she's. I did a quick. She's still working. Yeah, I did a quick Google beforehand, and I think she's on Yellowstone, which oh. people love. She's in a movie called Slap Her. She's French. I've heard that movie. That's like a cult film. What in the world is that, this? That's this- an early 2000s film. It says 2002. I don't. What the heck is this? Do we need to watch this one? <laughs> I, I, I think so. Is that the gay one? Um, It says, in her small town high school in Texas, the popular and gorgeous cheerleader, Starla, blah, 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 is everything going for her. Her friend decides to host a foreign exchange student, which is Piper. And it says, uh, she introduces her to cool kids. It doesn't say anything about anyone being gay. The, but What am I thinking of? There's, oh, it's Kissing Jessica Stein. Or But I'm a Cheerleader. I think I'm getting those two movies. Yeah. Jumbles. Well, she- <laughs> Where you just nodded your head like, you know, you know the gay ones and you know this isn't it. You're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Something just told me it wasn't. <laughs> oh. I don't know, but it looks very interesting. I'm intrigued. I want to see what, you know, what movies, what other movies was she making? I know. I just, I just, I just know she's of that time. Yeah. That's what I, I, I feel like I really haven't seen, I know, I guess she's been in things, but. Yeah, I, I also haven't seen a lot, but she's been in. I guess I just thought she because probably know, like think, trailers and things too, yeah. just seeing her face everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like for three years, and that was it. It was a blip, mm. which I love. I love those like, you know, stars that are like in a lot for like two years, and then they you're like, where are they now? I love that they have their moment. I get the I'm the clickbait clicker when they're like where are the past a full house now like that's for me actually same i i used to click on those so much and then i realized they were a lot of times just misleading articles but for the longest time i would just be like yes i need to know oh for sure i'm sure in my time on the internet i've clicked on like a where are they now coyote ugly it's so hard not to i know so yeah this movie it stars piper parabo and I guess it's her breakthrough role. Mm. Um, Adam Garcia, Maria Bello, Melanie Linsky, John Goodman, Isabella Miko, Bridget Moynihan, and Tyra Banks. So, like, I know some of the gals didn't really yeah, pop off. But I know Bridget Moynihan because mm. she was Natasha in Sex and the City. You know, the lady that uh, married Big. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one that... Yeah, the, I, didn't, I didn't put that together. The one that Carrie Bradshaw like stalks essentially, and yeah, okay, so it's her. And then we all know Miss Tyra Banks. Oh yeah, oh we we know her. We do. Some love her, some hate her. What are your thoughts on Tyra Banks? I love well, I love Tyra Banks. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just feel like she's doing too much, and I'm like, oh man. But I love her. I think I'll always love Tyra Banks. There's a special place in my heart for her. I'm rooting for her. We're all rooting for her. I think so. I think even in this movie, Tyra Banks, I agree. She's always doing the most. Mm-hmm. She has like probably the least amount of screen time maybe or not, uh, you know. But she's doing the most, like, which is a good thing and a bad thing. She's crazy, I think. I love that, though. I love that she just goes crazy. I think Tyra Banks, too, is one of those people. You're right. No matter what comes out about America's Next Top Model, you know, in in the past 
couple years, I know like people have really been like, Tyra Banks is the devil, which I don't think so. But I feel like because I've seen her my whole entire life. Yeah. And she is so likable. Mm-hmm. How, I don't know. I just, she's really nostalgic for me. Yeah. I'm like, I really can't hate on her. I can like be like, no. girl, that's like, sit down. Like, don't hurt yourself. It's like, be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> sit but, down now. But I don't know. I love her. I love that she's in this movie just going, you know, just really going for it. You know, you know what movie we haven't done yet on Movie Club that I think is perfect? Life-size? Like, yeah. Tyra Banks' perfection is life-size. Oh, she's amazing in that movie. Because she can do the most because she's playing, like, Barbie, essentially. And this she's, like, a fish out of water. Eve's great. No matter where she goes, yeah, dress her up from her head to, to her, her toes. toes. <laughs> On town at the club, he loves high <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Shine bright, shine far, be a star. Anyways, <laughs> I say like a robot. I know. Um, it's a good movie. But yeah, I think like in that case, it really works because Tyra Banks is like supposed to be zany. Yeah. She's also more rounded, though. I mean, it's more... She has more... She's, like, a bigger part of the movie, I guess, so she's... Yeah. I think Tyra Banks just wants to be a star, and she is, so... Yeah. You know. Maybe that's it. You're right. In this movie, it's, like, she's the one... Like, it starts, and her character is immediately leaving the coyotes. Mm-hmm. It's, like, she's the one that's leaving, so it's kind of, like, ah. So maybe yeah. she just has to play it up just to, you know... You know, like, on her, like, two days on set, she was just, like, <laughs> I'm gonna milk this, <laughs> which I love. I love that insanity. Mm-hmm. Like, Brie. Okay, so I saw The Northman this past Thursday. Yeah. And what was it? Oh, okay. So there was a new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Okay. The whole time, I was just like, I love Tom Cruise. I know he is cuckoo bananas Uh in a Scientology. I know he's seen Xenu. I know. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. He's in a cult. It's fine. He's so charming. I don't care that he's crazy, but that energy, like that craziness in the eyes, I'm insanely attracted to, which is why I love Tyra Banks. You're attracted to the crazy in the eyes. Oh, there's something. There's like this sociopathic, like, I'm going to be the most liked, the best whatever Uh that I really (laughs) fuck with. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. I know what you're saying, though. It's fun. They're like loose cannons. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. No, I really dig it. <laughs> but. So, so Brie, where were you in the year 2000? All right. Well, I guess I would have been like in first grade. Um, We were in class together. Yeah, we were probably causing trouble. Probably. But we liked Most our definitely. teacher, though. We were like, I feel like there was... I feel like we really wreaked havoc in grade two. And in grade one, I feel like we were, I feel like we got away with things, but I don't think they were like, I don't remember getting in any real trouble, you know? True. I feel like this was right before my hellion face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but yeah, we were in, we were in Virginia, just living life as a six-year-old. Yeah. I mean, no cares. Exactly. No cares. I was really into no strings attached that album by nsync and oops i did it again same yeah i was probably listening to that on repeat um for sure doing choreography to every new like 
Britney Spears knockoff in my bedroom. Yeah. Just like they do in Coyote Ugly, especially Tyra Banks, just doing Coyote choreo, mm-hmm. like soft choreo in my bedroom. I feel that. That was definitely a time where I would dress up and I know you and I, we would we would come up with all this choreo for, for years, though. Th- this would go on for years. Oh, for everything. Like, I remember my neighborhood friends, we'd start the days off in the summertime when this movie came out, you know, just doing choreography for the neighborhood and then i'd be like hey brie now we're gonna learn some other choreography and like videotape ourselves or something you actually you would you would take like the lead in choreographing things and i'd learn the steps but you would like lead like you were like teaching a dance class and i was the only like student but i was like yeah we got to learn this routine for our next big show i took it so seriously i I did too. True. I remember though, like taking mental notes, watching TRL after school. I just be like, mm-hmm, yes, okay, and then be like, okay, so do this step, and then do like the play with my heart for the oops. I did it again. Oh, <laughs> you were taking okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Why I feel like I like, I don't know. I feel like I was really like you were really teaching. <laughs> like I was I like, probably was. Nikki, I was thinking about myself. I'm like, wow, Nikki knows what she's doing. Or like, uh, oh, because I, I also had that videotape of, do you remember the NSYNC Britney Spears videotape where the choreographer would teach the, the choreography? Yeah. I would watch that. Would you just spend time in front just like yes. learning it? rewind, fast forward, and just learn that choreography. And then I'd go to dance class. I was really into dance. I was going to say, like, we were both taking dance class as well, so I bet that that probably helped. The spirit of dance was around. Spirit. I know. Like, I really wish... Okay, like if I was in my age now in the year 2000, yeah, I would have probably seen Coyote Ugly. Mm-hmm. Like I probably would have like opening day been like, we got to go. And then I would have been like, I'm going to move to New York City and be a coyote. Like, I, I sold think, you. I think this movie, if, yeah, if I was my age then, I would have just been like, I'm in. I love that. <laughs> Not, like, to pursue any other kind of dream, just to be no. a coyote. I would have, like, slipped on my faux leather pants and, like, braided my hair like Piper Parabo, and I'd be like, gotta write some songs. And, like, with a wink to you, I'd be like, I'm gonna write some songs. I know what that means. <laughs> and then you're, like, you show up and you're like, I hear there's a job opening here. Yes. <laughs> just, like, steal lines from the movie. Totally, like a psycho. <laughs> oh. But, Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, though, like, when I was a kid, I didn't see this movie. Mm. But I do remember, do you remember at, like, FYE, they'd have, like, the singles tapes or, like, uh, CDs? I do. I vaguely remember. That's crazy that that was even a thing. But I remember, like, I went to the mall or maybe my mom went to the mall. I don't know how it came to be. But I had the Leanne Rhymes single for Can't Fight the Moonlight from this film. And I remember being in my room and just, like, listening to the CD in my boombox on repeat. Just the one single song, like, Can't Fight the Moonlight. <laughs> I love that energy. So. Yeah, the 10-hour loop going. For sure. Nice. It's a good song. It's good. I like the original. I like the dance remix. I like the dance remix more, though. I uh, was the dance remix in the movie? I think so. Like, at the end or something? I think so. But, like, now time has kind of warped my mind. Mm-hmm. Because I could not tell you the difference because every song from that time period sounds like the dance remix. Mm. So I don't, I couldn't tell you. Wow. But. 
But yeah, did you dance in your room to any hot jams like Can't Fight the Moonlight and try to pretend like you're a coyote at like, six years old? I mean, I know I was listening to like Britney Spears and and Cher. I know that much. They were on heavy rotation for me. Um, remember, I remember being into M2M, but I don't know when, what year that was. That, that was, was this year. Th- it was the same? It was totally this year with our hit clips. Okay, because I remember going to the music store with you and getting that M2M cassette and Does listening to that. Does anyone remember M2M? Or yeah. is that like one of those things that just like got lost in space and time? I, I wonder. We can't be the only ones to remember Gosh, I want to go to like a Reddit or a forum or something and be like, does anyone remember? Someone must. I I feel like someone, someone out there, please, please validate us. <laughs> but that's what I remember listening to. Yeah. Obviously Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. Oh, yeah. But well, I mean, the BSB did prepare us for the new millennium. They named their whole album Millennium. There you go. So... <laughs> But yeah, so in the year 2000 in film, just to give us some context before we jump into Coyote Ugly, so Mission Impossible 2 starring Tommy Cruise, my favorite crazy man, (laughs) it was the highest grossing film of the year. Uh, Gladiator won the Academy Award for Best Picture and Best Actor, Russell Crowe, and the movie Dinosaur, remember that one, was the most expensive film of 2000 Yeah, and a box office success. I think we talked about this on our other one of our other movie clubs. I probably. Oh, bring it on, probably. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, dinosaur. Because you said you hadn't seen it. I've never seen it, but it's over here. I have. You the, own it. I own the DVD from either 2000 or 2001, like the OG DVD, which is why I won't get rid of it. But I've never seen it. Why not, Nick? Is it good? I don't actually. I don't know. I'd be curious to know. If it holds up. I remember it being a heartwarming tale and like a journey, at least for a kid. I don't know if it's like one of those that translates, you know, for adults. Like, you know how some movies have things like it's like, you know, how when you watch Toy Story, I, I could still feel something if I watched Toy Story. Toy Story one through three mm-hmm. are so good. Yeah. They'll get you in the in the feels and the heartstrings. But I don't know if Dinosaur, like at the time, I remember feeling kind of like that about Dinosaur. But looking back, I don't know what it'd be like watching it as an adult. I just really don't know. Dinosaur is one of those films where I remember being a little kid at the movies. And I remember like a year before it came out or something, they had this big like trailer. Mm. Do you remember like the trailer was like, it was mysterious, but it implied that it was like the most like like either like cgi or like technology wise like it was a big deal yeah in that regard and i just remember being as like a like a snobby little kid being like hmm okay well, let's see <laughs> mm-hmm. that was your reaction yeah and then i like didn't watch it i watched so many movies as a kid and i was always at the movie theater and you missed that one i missed it though what was well, what was playing that weekend <laughs> i don't know we gotta let, let me yeah, box office mojo. Let me find account. out. Let me find out what was happening. Box office my full, over here. It's my full name. Thank you. Something called the Hollow Man. I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> Nothing Professor Two. The Clumps. I probably saw that in theaters. Um, Space Cowboys. Definitely did not see that. You know, Coyote Ugly's fourth on the um the charts, and that's not bad. But was Dinosaur? Di- I'm looking playing for- at that time. 
Let's see, X-Men, scary movie. I don't know. Chicken Run, you remember that one? I saw Chicken Run in the movies, probably with you. Big Mama's House came out. I saw that in the movie theaters as well. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah, Let's I guess see. You- I Wikipedia'd it. Okay. It's not showing up here. Oh, okay. Oh. In my mind, it was like a like a fall release. It came out May 19th, 2000. Hmm. So a couple months before Coyote Ugly. Um, it beat out Gladiator, which I definitely didn't watch. Um, humana, humana, humana. Okay, so the box office mojo for Dinosaur. Okay, so that weekend of May 19th to the 21st, 2000, I was Dinosaur, Gladiator, Road Trip, U5, or U571 Frequency, Battlefield Earth, Small Time Crooks, Center Stage, Where the Heart Is, The Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas, which I did see in theaters. Maybe I saw that. Like, all these other movies are, like, so adult movies. Um, Twister 2, which came out in November 99. Road to El Dorado, I saw that in theaters. Anyways, I don't know what I was doing that weekend, but obviously not seeing Dinosaur. <laughs> Gotcha. Even though I probably went to the movies every other weekend. Gotcha. At age six. Wow. So long story long, I didn't see Dinosaur. You saw Dinosaur. I did. Yep. Did it change your life like those previews? I thought so. Kind of. In the moment, I I was like, whoa, they look so real. Whoa, dinosaurs, they're talking. I don't know. You know, as a kid, everything is so like, whoa. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take much in a movie for you to be like, that's so cool. This is what dinosaurs really looked like. And I feel you. I don't know. I don't know, Nick. But I I, I would love for you to watch it and let me know your thoughts. Or we could watch it together. We'll watch it. I have the OG DVD, too. So that'll be fun. Yeah. So I just handed you the DVD. So we watched the unrated special edition of coyote ugly okay oh i wanted to say that okay because i didn't realize there's two different versions i definitely had not seen this one because a couple things that i noticed the there was like a like a sex scene that lasted far too long so much boob so much boob just it 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 was it also didn't really go anywhere you know what i mean it was like the same like shot over and over again so it was kind of like okay we get it she has boobs and they're making out we get it but does it need to be this long? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Uh, that We'll talk about it more in depth, but that scene was just awkward in general and not necessary. I don't know if in the theatrical version they cut that sex scene. It said they did. Okay, good. That needed to be snipped, snip, because that made no sense. <laughs> and then it, also the baseball scene apparently wasn't, that wasn't there either. Well, they knew what they were doing, those editors, because that also made no sense. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Brie, what is the synopsis of Coyote Ugly? Alrighty, so from hitmaker producer Jerry Bruckheimer um, comes the special unrated extended cut of Coyote Ugly. It's the intoxicating sexy comedy starring an unbeatable cast of hot stars, including Piper Perabo, um and Maria Bello. Moving to New York to pursue her dream of becoming a famous songwriter, Violet Sanford finds herself desperate and broke. The shy, innocent Violet ironically lands a job as a barmaid at the hottest nightclub in town. The down and dirty, wild and fun Coyote Ugly. 
Overflowing with attitude, the coyotes spend more time on top of the bar than behind it, tantalizing the standing-room-only crowd with their outrageous antics. It's one wild adventure for a small-town girl with big-city dreams. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Cue, uh, Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. I'm surprised I didn't have that song in the, um, oh my god, you know, on this soundtrack because there were so many like so many i turned to you at one point and i was like brie what is the budget for this film because the it, it must be a lot because the music royalties must be astronomical because there was every song from like pour some sugar on me to like what was another song oh like kid rock cowboy baby or whatever that song's called there was so many everything I can't even in between yeah pretty much everything Oh, literally, there was an excess. There was Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yep. Just you name it. You name the song they had in this film. Yeah. Never Let You Go by Third Eye Blind, which I was like, what? Yeah. They had to pay a lot of royalties, I'm sure. So much. What did you think of that, though? Like, just the music selection? Yeah. I enjoyed it. It made for a good time. I was singing along. I'm like, oh, the majority of them were bops. I agree. This movie's fun. Yeah. It's a fun film. I'm not mad. If they could afford it, I'm like, yeah. Go for it. I mean, it's Jerry Bruckheimer, so. Exactly. Yeah. Rack up those royalties. But yeah, so Coyote Ugly was released on August 4th, 2000. And like you were talking about, it was directed by David McNally, who, Brie, he's only directed two films. Can you guess what other film he's directed? Other than Coyote Ugly. Yes. Um, is it one we've already watched? Not for Movie Club, but it's one you try to put on the list and I take off. Repeatedly? It's a couple times at least. You <sighs> you put it on the list and I've, I vetoed it. I vaguely... Wait, like, did you secretly erase it? I did. Dang. Because I remember adding something to the list once and looking to it and I'm like, where'd it go? Yeah, I took that off. Whoops. <laughs> Can I get a hint? Okay, in the movie, the trailers are very misleading. It is about two men and not about what the title of the movie is. Okay. About two men. Why would why would I choose that? I don't It's about it's a romp. Wait, is it is it is it no, it's not Kangaroo Jack. It is. <laughs> yes, why can't we watch Kangaroo Jack? fine it's a good one nick <laughs> i just remember going to see kangaroo jack and being like there's no kangaroo there is a kangaroo like for two seconds the film is not about kangaroo jack though in a i think it is in a roundabout way i don't yeah, know like in a roundabout way yeah it's not all it's it's a lot of things it's a lot of like the guy from blackish and jerry o'connell just being like or O'Don. I don't know whoever the fuck that is. Yeah. <laughs> Just bobbing around. <laughs> but uh but yeah, David McNally has only directed two things, Coyote Ugling, Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Great man. Yeah, and it was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Chad Oman Oman and written by Gina Woodcoast. Um, although the film was critically panned, it was a box office success. Grossing, grossing over 113 million worldwide. The film has become a cult classic and has acquired a cult following over the years. 
And um, like you were talking about before, Miss Tyra Banks has been lobbying for years for a sequel. Do you think she's still lobbying? Has she, like, stopped? Or is she... I wonder if she's still, like... There's a part of me that wonders if she's, like, not letting it go. Because you know how she... Oh, Did she yeah. go through with that ice cream thing? The fierce or whatever she was doing? What was it? I, I She went through with it. I don't know if it was a success. It was... Smize cream. Smize cream. But no, I think it's, like, one of those situations, like, a life-size chew situation. Where she lobbied for years and it just didn't go anywhere. But there was so much... Yeah. Hype she created. I feel like this is like a similar situation. Hmm. I don't know. That was cool to find that out, though, because I didn't know that. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a fun fact. It is. Tara Banks is always lobbying for something. Right? She's she's a businesswoman. (laughs) I know. She's got to make that coin. So The Weekend Coyote Ugly was released. Hollow Man was number one at the box office. Followed by Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, mm-hmm. Space Cowboys, and then fourth was Coyote Ugly, and then rounding out the top five was What Lies Beneath. So, have you seen any of those films? I have definitely seen The Clumps. Oh, I think I own The Clumps. I don't know. I was obsessed with, like, uh, The Nutty Professor for a short time. I don't know why, but I was. I had, like, the one and two. Um, I know. When I said that film title... I looked at you because I had this feeling that you wanted to quote the clumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just remember it being a romp. I don't know. It's a good time. But I don't even know what the other ones are. I have no clue. And it, uh, I'm, I remember these movies coming out, but I was a literal child, so couldn't see anything. I probably saw, like, X-Men that came out that year, but... The Kid with a Bruce Willis. I saw that one that came out around this time. Um, What Lies Beneath. I haven't seen it, but it's Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer, so can't go wrong with that. Mm. And I do remember Halloween, and I did see that recently, like in recent years. Oh, really? It's a creepy film. Like, oh not my in God. a good way. It's weird. The um, that art, like the poster for Halloween is terrifying. It is, and I remember the movie has, like, a weird... I don't know if it's, like, a rape scene or something. It's a weird film starring Kevin Bacon. It's, nice. it's weird. What is it rated? What, you should have been watching that? No, <laughs> a couple years ago. Oh, I thought... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. The only movie I saw from this top five in the year 2000 was Clumps. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Phew. <laughs> oh. Like, that sounds like it could scar you. Just looking at that poster, I'm a little scarred. I remember seeing the poster as a kid and being scarred, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the film was not received well by critics, right? Like at all. Um, the criticisms and praise centered around the belief that it was little more than an excuse to portray hot, sexy women dancing on a bar in a wet t-shirt contest. Which, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Have you seen movies today? I wish they were that fun and hot and sexy and like a wet t-shirt contest. You know, I gotta say though, like. <sighs> I feel like, well, should I say how I feel or should I, or say how you feel, girl? Okay, I I don't think it was that bad. Like as far as like, I I don't know. I feel like the ladies did so much up there. Like they weren't like it's not like they were like stripping or like like they were dancing. They were entertainment. They set things on fire. They did though. Bridget Moynihan breathed fire. Yeah, she breathed fire. They were like 
hanging upside down from the rafters. They were like line dancing and and um I don't know. I mean, there was a lot going on that was um you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah, it was not like scandalous like that. It was they not weren't that scandalous. No. Also I I'm a firm believer that like watching a film sometimes I feel like movie stars should be hot, you know? Yeah. And should be it should be a fun time and you should be like, wow, beautiful people doing unrealistic things. <laughs> That's like the spirit it's that I want to see. Especially out of Coyote Ugly. Like, I don't want this to be like a Sarah Lawrence style like thesis on like feminism. I think this is just another example of just like critics, like perspective versus like the audience. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. Me as a critic, I'm like, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> but yeah, my man Roger Ebert, speaking of critics, um, in his review, he asked, do you get the feeling these movies are assembled from the off-the-shelf parts? And although he doesn't ask for originality, he criticizes the lack of surprises, which I agree. Okay, I, Like, yeah. we were talking about there's one scene where... Like, Piper Parabo in her love interest, like, she, they do the whole, like, stereotypical, like, they fall in love, and then there's a misunderstanding, and she tries to get him back. Mm -hmm. But there's a scene where he goes up to his apartment with an, another girl, and instead of her, like, showing up too late and knocking on the door, it's literally a scene where he goes up with this new girl, mm -hmm. and she follows behind them. Okay, and hold up. And you're mean to tell me if you see that happening in life, you're not going to confront your man. You're not going to be like, hey, hey, buddy, who's this? Or like, oh, I, I, like, I fucking trusted you. Like anything, just like a reaction. She just goes, huh. And she comes down. Okay, they come out of the elevator and they're like two steps ahead of her. She comes down the stairwell. And she's like right behind them. Literally right behind them. Not enough time is like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Because realistically, you would hear her on the stairs. She would... And she would see that, like, I mean, and you're, that's not, that's such a valid criticism, though, because, like, writing-wise, you're right, there is no, like, like, that's not how you write a script. That's not how you direct it, or whatever. Like, if you're the director, and you get, that's actually a directing thing, it's not writing. It's a directing thing. Sorry, director of Kangaroo Jack. Don't be like, yeah, so they're gonna have you know, this moment where you find out or you think that he's with a new girl and you follow, you know, you yeah. come out behind, you witness them. Yeah. Why would you block some? If we're going to get technical about this film, why would you block <laughs> someone to just come down the steps right, like literally right behind them? That's the director's fault. Sorry, David McNally. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I could see like how they'd want it to be like ironic or like the dramatic irony, but like there probably is a better way to shoot that or just like to make sense of that because I don't think that it would be that realistic that she, you know, what would have been better if she was coming from another direction or he, they, they run into each other, you know? Yeah. It just sucks or, the wind out of its sails to be so anticlimactic. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I agree. Because like, you're not, you're supposed to feel something. Yeah. But because it's so awkwardly blocked. You can, you don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. Anyways, anyways, we had problems with that scene. We were like, yeah, could have been better. But 
talking about Ebert again. So he praised the technical merits of the film, and he said, but you can pump up the volume only so far before it comes noise. But he did call Parabo the reason to see the movie. Um, he said she has only, or she has one of those friendly Julia Roberts smiles, good comic timing, ease and confidence on the screen, and a career ahead of her in movies better than this one. Lots better. Dang. She does kind of have a Julia Roberts vibe about her or something. She does. Or like Jennifer Garner Something. Like, I'm surprised she didn't do more films like this. Right? Yeah. Like, or like a Kate Hudson and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like, she could have played something like this. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, like, oddly enough, you know, who almost starred as Violet? Piper Parabo's character? Jessica Simpson. You know, and I could totally see her as a coyote. Like, she actually literally wore those outfits. How how dare she turn it down? Right? Or, well, you know what? This would be earlier Jessica Simpson. I feel like 05 Jessica Simpson, like Duke of, Dukes of Hazard, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would have done this film. Oh, I feel yeah. like she was only like a couple years... Because remember when she was, like, before she married Nick Lachey, how she was, like, a virgin and still trying to be, like, copy Britney Spears? Mm. I feel like we just didn't catch her at because the right she time. Would, yeah. Like, she would be the perfect, like, Tyra Banks role coyote. Or, like, a, the Russian. Yeah. I could see that. But, yeah, the film was actually based on an article written by Elizabeth Gilbert for GQ. GQ bleh, words. For GQ. And Elizabeth Gilbert did E Pray Love, Big Magic. You oh, know, dang. Big time author. But she worked as a bartender on the East Village, in the East Village. And it was based on an article she wrote called The Muse of the Coyote Ugly Saloon. Um, and the bar, which opened in 1993, quickly became a favorite of the Lower East Side hipsters. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was thinking, like, is this movie based on real life, you know? I feel like that, too. Well, there was a time when we both watched this movie, like, in the movie where we were like, so many things are happening, but, like, that's kind of how life is sometimes. It was kind of realistic the way things panned out. I thought so, too. I'm like, someone must have really been sitting down and, right, like, really reflecting on life because a lot of times when one thing goes bad, all the things go bad. Like, you know, because it's like there's a scene Mm -hmm. where it's like she loses her I don't know what happens first, but she doesn't she lose her job and then her dad gets hit by a car and, and all there's these things. a wedding. But it does feel like, oh, this was like extrapolated from an essay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of liked that. Yeah. So you want to get into it? Like actually talk about the film? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Okay. So we start the film. We're in somewhere New Jersey and Fly by Sugar Ray is playing. Oh, to- yeah. That so I was I was in I was like I just want to fly like all right put your arms around me baby. baby I was like bet okay <laughs> and uh, Piper Parabo who plays Violet is a waitress yeah and she, it's like her last day on the job and um, she's going to NYC to make it yeah and I guess at this diner that she works at there's like this wall of people who have gone and quote unquote tried to make it in New York City. And um, they're like, the wall is cursed. Yeah. And she does. She signs her, her name, like her signature and just sticks yeah. her last like 
I guess her uh, timestamp or something. Something like that. Or like a receipt. I don't yeah. know. One of those things that waitresses take the orders on. Yeah. Like the chat. Yeah. Whatever I've never been a waitress. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. And John Goodman plays her dad. Oh, yeah. And her dad is a bachigaloop. <laughs> He's a mess. He's a mess. I don't know. She's like doing laundry and getting him lean cuisines because oh she's, she's on a diet because he's fat <laughs> yeah she's like dad you're fat you gotta eat lean cuisines yeah, he tries to scare her into staying because he's like oh the crime rates in new york city yeah and um didn't work he's on a diet and he won't wish her luck on her trip oh yeah i i wrote that down too because he's like i'm not gonna hug you and i'm not gonna wish you luck yep and then she uh well, yeah, she goes to NYC to be a songwriter. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, this is just a small note, but outside we see this one girl just drinking Pepto-Bismol, like her best I friend. I was going to say that my note is homegirl chugs a Pepto. <laughs> what the what, fuck? What is up with that? It never comes up in like, there never is any explanation. They don't. She's never like anxious after that really like i feel like that's why you'd write in in a script that they'd chug a pepto right being anxious you think yeah it's like because you have stomach aches i don't know or you ate something but i really don't know i didn't understand like what was happening but she drank it straight from the bottle and i've never seen anyone take pepto bismol like that so i was a little disturbed yeah but yeah it's the girl from um, sweet home alabama yeah who's like the is that a baby in a bar? You know, like, she's the, the lady who brings the baby in the bar, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That's another good film. It is. Oh, my gosh. Need to do it. But, yeah. For some reason, too, I Will Survive for, like, two scenes mm-hmm. is the song of choice. I wrote this down twice <laughs> as well. I'm like, wait. I, oh, you know what it is? Okay, so when she goes to New York City. Mm-hmm. She, they, they have this cover of I Will Survive playing. And I think she, in, earlier, like in the beginning scenes, it's like she's singing it with her girlfriends, but I don't remember why. Do you? No, I don't think they say why. It's because she will survive in that big city. Okay, yeah. I think that's what... minutes away <laughs> from where she's from. They're really trying to hammer that home when she's like in the city and they're playing, I will survive. It's like some man singing. I've never heard this cover before. Hey, hey, walk out the door. Yeah, I don't know. But she goes to New York City, Brie. Mm-hmm. She lives in a terrible apartment. And, um, and then she goes on top of her roof. And sings. Immediately. First thing. Because that's what you do when you get to New York City, baby. You go to your roof and you sing a song. I think it's like her neighbor, too, was like knocking. Like she plays, she she like presses one button on the, the one key on the piano. It's like ding, ding. And then the neighbor's like, hey, stop that noise. <laughs> and the song she sings is very Jewel. Like mm. very Jewel-esque. Which yeah. I don't know if that's her real voice, but what did you think of the vocals in this film? Not bad. Um, very kind of. Yo, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say kind of pretty, like like light. I don't know, angelic. They s- totally, they sound like. Sh- I guess this is like not a read because I think this is what they were going for, but it does sound like a demo artist's demo 
of a song. I know what you mean. Like, it's not fully there yet. And the voice is a little too, like... It's like a little shaky. Yeah. She's like, ooh, ooh, la, la, la. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Shala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, she is pounding the pavement. She's in New York, concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. Mm-hmm. And she goes to every record company and tries to sell her demo. She hands them out those CDs. Yep. And they're all like, we don't have time for you, sweetie. <laughs> they're like, good luck, toots. Yeah. Every single person. I, I think there was like one guy who was like, yeah, I was a tuba player or, one, or something. I don't know what he was saying. But but yeah, they were like, everyone has dreams. Everyone has problems. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, one, no sympathy for this girl. Yeah. And then she finally stumbles upon a club Mm. and the 2000s era band, The Calling, is playing. You know them. They have that one hit song. Yeah. Wherever You'll Go, which I like that song. Same. I, okay, even, it plays on the radio still to this day all the time. I love that song. It's a good song. It makes no sense lyrically, but it slaps. I'm thinking well, about it. It's like, <laughs> who will be there to take my place? Something, something. And this dude is so young. I don't know what he's singing about. I'll go wherever you'll go. Way up high, down low. I I don't know if I really listen to the lyrics. I don't know if I know, except for like certain parts of the song that I have to like pay more attention to the lyrics. I feel like like Coyote Ugly, wherever you'll go, doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it too hard but it still slaps okay maybe i shouldn't think about it then maybe yeah, i think enjoy it. that song <laughs> but but here she meets an aussie who in my notes i'm like right out the gate he's not the manager he's not in charge of this club even though he kind of pretends yeah. to be for a bit okay so what is the deal she's like who's that guy and he's like blending in at first i think she's talking about the singer up there yeah but no, it's the Aussie guy. He does not look that... I'm sorry, but I don't think he's like looks like the owner of the club. He's just outside the club? Or like he's just a random dude that has a leather jacket. Yeah. But he's cute, so maybe they're... I don't know, maybe she was like, hey. Yeah. He was cute, though. He's cute. He has some pretty blue eyes, some dark hair. Yeah. It's a look. There you go. Um... But yeah, they have this romance. It's like the thing that they do in the movies. You know, it's like this. It's like beat for beat in like every movie like this. Yeah. So basically, I feel like I don't have a lot of notes on their relationship because it's like it's either here nor there for me. I'm like so much more into like when she gets to the bar, like her and her dad. Like I'm into a lot of things. This relationship just doesn't Mm. slap, like doesn't hit for me. What did you think about their relationship? I would say, yeah, watching it now, not as much as it did when I first watched it, you know, back in the day. I remember being like, ah, the romance. And I mean, I feel like it's just, I don't know. It definitely, obviously, there's like a formula or whatever. So there's that. Um, Meh, I don't know. Like, it's sweet, kind of. But I feel like there's more... The bigger story, I guess, that stands out for me is, like, the whole, like, struggling artist kind of, like, that stereotype. It's, like, 
I feel like there's so many movies where it's like they want to make it big and they move to New York City and everything, you know, they're really getting all this rejection and the apartment's terrible and they have no money and, you know, all those kinds of things just. Yeah, it's like this movie is like a light romance. Some light tragedy. That's not really tragedy. It's light pounding the pavement. Like, she's lightly struggling as an artist. Yeah. It just kind of, like, it's flippant about things, which is fine. Yeah. Because I like, I like the tone it sets, and I like the way it's packaged enough, mm. where I'm like, this is how a movie like this should be. Yeah. Like, I know there were, like, eight writers on this or something. There were, like, a lot of, like, rewrites, you know. Kangaroo Jack director directed this. I know, like, I get it. But this is, like, the perfect... This is what I want when I talk about, you know, in movie club when I'm, like... I have my reviewer hat on and I'm, like, talking shit about a movie. Yeah. And I'm just like, can't it be fun? Can't they understand? Yeah. This movie understands. It just breezes. It's fun. Yeah. That's true. Um, so, her apartment gets broken into. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things, just just happen really quick. Yeah. So her apartment gets broken into. Um, she has no money. Yeah. Her money's gone. Her house is ransacked. For some reason, this always happens. Does this happen in real life when people just, like, go through people's things? They just smash things for no reason? Because that girl literally had nothing in her apartment. Maybe some yeah. eggs in the fridge. Everything's on the floor. I feel like she didn't have enough stuff that if someone went to burglarize her house, they would have left that much. They would have just been like, oh. And then just walk Walked out. Away. Yeah. <laughs> like, she didn't even have a TV, I don't think, or furniture. <laughs> it was very dramatic. But yeah, so she sat at the diner, and she can't even afford a, afford a piece of pie. But she runs into some cool, hot, Y2K-looking chicks. Yeah, and they're passing around money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, ooh, look at this. Look at these dollar bills that I got last night. They're like betting on random things. Yeah. I didn't exactly understand what they were doing. They're like, I'll bet you this. But like nothing you could follow through with. It was just like random things. and They were throwing down money. It's just show that they have a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got to breeze because <laughs> I could get like way too nitpicky on all the things that are wrong when I actually enjoy this film. So they got money. They got cash money. And Tyra Banks decides to dance to I Got the Power. Oh, yeah. Oh, I totally forgot that happens in this, like, diner. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I Got the Power starts playing. And she's like, oh, snap. And she gets up and it's like, do, 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 do. And she's, like, doing the shoulder dance. And then she's just fully going. And then the guy is dancing for some reason. Oh, yeah. And he's the the waiter is, like, telling uh, Violet. He's like, don't you know those girls that the coyotes? Yeah. And she overhears Tyra Banks is about to go to law school mm-hmm. to, um, and then she, like, there's a spot open at the Coyote Ugly Bar. Yeah. I love how she just uses her smarts to finesse this, like, there is no job interview or anything. She just goes to this location. The guy. She. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. She goes down to the cellar <laughs> to find this woman, Maria Bello. So sketch. So she, sketch. She, like, walks down those steps while the lady has, like, a box of like a case of beer in her hand. You just don't know what you're walking into. She's just walking into a creepy cellar and she's like, hey, I heard there's an opening here. I feel like in that scene, it could have, you know how they do like the light, like the fun movie trailers, but set to like horror movie like, oh. theme music? Yeah. I feel like if you did that in this scene, she'd look like she was about to murder Maria Bello. 
it yeah it yeah i don't know you never know he's like darn it darn it <laughs> but yeah so we meet maria bello who plays lil the owner yeah and um violet asked for a job and she's like okay but do you do drugs and she was like i do coffee she said that's all i can afford <laughs> and um same girl i know i'm like sure i do that's like such a dad joke which i like she doesn't read it like that though but no i feel like yeah i know i read it as a dad joke as well <laughs> um but lil takes a liking to her because she's got moxie yeah isn't it because she said like i don't need some of your attitude or i don't need a waitress that's ha- like uh i don't know on a power that's on trip, a power trip yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you like this better be a real job. I ain't got time. I have places to be. And then Lil's like, you got moxie, kid. She doesn't say that, but it's the subtext. You got moxie, kid. You're hired. Yeah. But only for an audition. But you're hired. It's very burlesque, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It is. But, um, so, yeah. First day on the job, she gets named Jersey. Because mm-hmm. they all have little, little characters. And she's Jersey, the only virgin in New York City. Right. <laughs> sure. Ex-elementary school teacher and, and escape from the convent. Yeah. And then Tyra Banks dances to Up in Here. <laughs> yeah, again? Yeah. Wait, how many times does she dance to Up in Here? Once. This is a scene, I think, after this. With, oh, when you're they're right. At the... the bar she's just always dancing then isn't she she is i love so like you know you know the song the classic um dmx diddy yes i do so she's on top of the bar as the coyote ugly girls do but tyra banks is literally doing the running man (laughs) to up in here up Up in in here. here like she's doing like really funny dances she she's doing the running man and then she crowd surfs (laughs) I love that. She's just like, wee. <laughs> she also does a lot of like booty shaking. Oh, yeah. Just like the stand. People don't dance like this anymore, Brie. Where they stand and just shake, shake the their chips. butts. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is stuff like white girls can do. We're in the age where people like to twerk. And uh-huh. it's not fair. They're not for me. <laughs> My body. I'm a white girl, Brie. <laughs> I cannot move. I cannot dance. Like you pointed out. You've been like, Nikki, you can't dance. And I can't. But like. I've seen you twerk, like, once. Yeah, or I can, like, move my hip. I can't twerk. Yeah, but that is a form of twerking. That is a move. Like, um, the booty jiggle. It's, like, I don't know the official name, but it's it's within the realm. It is? Yeah. There's so many different moves that are considered twerking. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm a twerkologist. (laughs) (laughs) I've studied the art of twerk for a while now. Bree's like, it is time for the twerkulator. (laughs) She puts on her glasses and <laughs> goes to the whiteboard. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. And my next, like, so, I, I don't know how it comes about, but this is still Violet's first day. Mm-hmm. And somehow someone asks for water. Oh, And yeah. she goes to give it to him. But in the Coyote Ugly Bar, no water allowed. It's only alcohol. So everyone chants, hell no, H2O. I love that energy. And then they just spray them with like a, with the water thing, the 
it's not what gum. I don't know what it's called. Like the um, oh, I always forget the. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I would have called it a water gun too. I know that's not right, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, whatever that thing is called behind the bar. Oh, and then I think is when the devil came down to Georgia, right? Is that when that yes, plays? And then yes. they have the cowboy boots, and they're like stomping in a line, and they're all like clapping. Yeah. It's like that one bar that we used to go to called the Eagle's Nest where people would just randomly, like, you know, at Johnny Rockets, how the waiters, the fountain boys and gals would, like, sing to, like, and dance to respect uh-huh. at that bar that Bree and I would go to. It would just be, like, at a certain time, people would just line dance. And they'd, they'd just, just like, stand up. They'd, like, move out the way. And if you didn't know the dance, you were off the floor. There was no room for you. It was very much that energy. Like, all of a sudden, all the coyotes were just, like, line dancing. Stomping and clapping, twirling, and, yeah, with their flare pants, and I don't know. I want... Flares are so good. But, like, flared pants, not just in jeans. Just, like, pants. Yes. No, totally agree. I definitely want those snakeskin pants or, like, leather pants. I do, too. Or... If they are jeans, bedazzle them. We could get a bedazzler, Brie. <gasps> oh, my God. We could bedazzle everything. Why don't we? We need to. Let's do it. Let's, let's make this happen. Oh, my God. Like the butt pockets of jeans. Yes. Just like an N for Nikki. Just you a B for Brie. Oh, my God. <gasps> Why aren't we bedazzling things? We need to get yeah. get on this right now. We do. Okay. See ya. Well, that was late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> We've got things to do, guys. Yeah. Oh. Uh, there's things that happen. So there is a storyline with the dude, I guess, the Aussie man. So he finds a way for them to have, like, a meet-cute romance. I guess he steals her demo, and she's like, give it back. Yeah. Yada, yada. And then she almost gets fired from the coyote ugly on her first day, Violet, for being a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. But then she you know, gets a second audition because she tells some dudes off at the bar. And um, and then Russian Tammy the Tease becomes her fashion coordinator. Oh, yeah. So then they have a fashion montage. That was fun. So much leopard, too. Yes. And the montages to that song, Unbelievable <laughs> by EMF. Oh, my God. Which plays a couple for so many songs to be in this movie unbelievable plays at least three times really i didn't notice that it played that much yeah it it plays in the beginning the middle and like i think another time wow so i feel like that's like the theme song of coyote ugly (laughs) um i love that though like the outfits that they they tried on all the belly buttons showing and i don't know the low rise, the, the the mix of lace and leopard. Oh, so good. Yeah. I really, okay. I was so inspired, Brie, that during the film, I went on Etsy and stuck in my cart a simple black choker. Nice. <laughs> I was hella inspired. But yeah, so so they have a fashion scene and now Violet's a coyote, like a coyote. I almost said coyote ugly. She is a coyote <laughs> ugly. <laughs> She's a coyote pretty. Yeah. Um, and so the Aussie dude finds her at mm-hmm. the bar and she auctions him off. She just strips. She, she does. She pimps him out. She does. Which um, I love that energy. Like I do too. 
And she's just like, hey, who wants a date with this guy? We're taking Beth third. I like that, too. I like that a lot. How I didn't like the I think it's Piper Parabo really selling it because she is so flirty, like in a very natural way. Like, I, I actually liked her like auctioning him off. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah. And then she's like, this was payback. So, yeah. For stealing her demos. Yeah. But yeah, they have a romance. I don't know if you have any notes for that. I said romance, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. As far as the romance, my note was, because after they hung out for a bit, she says to him, I know I've only known you for a few days, but you smell. <laughs> <laughs> you think she's going to say something really sweet and like, oh, is she going to say like, I love you? You know, like, what is she going to say? And she tells this boy, you smell. And he's like, oh, well, I was going to kiss you, but I guess I won't now. And they're like, okay, cool. Good talk. And then they, like, go their separate ways. And then he, like, chases her down for a kiss after she's already gone back to her apartment. And he's like, I changed my mind on the kiss. I think we should try it. It was, like, so awkward. It's like the their romance is, like, awkward and cringy, but it's kind of cute, you know? It's such a hit or miss. Yeah. Like, sometimes it really works, like, when she's auctioning him off. And sometimes, like, when she's, like, you smell, it's... It's the weirdest. Kind of, it's, like, embarrassing, though. But I feel like in romance, that's kind of real sometimes. Like, you have awkward moments in the beginning of a romance. I feel like with some people. Yeah. But, you know, I can't relate, really. I feel no? Like yeah, all your moments have been perfect? I think in this, my current state, yes, all of them have been perfect. Bef- I guess, I guess when you meet, I don't know, I think awkward people make awkward moments i think they probably just had to create some tension as well you know what i mean like yeah. it's like this can't go too smooth this it's is true. a movie it can't be too smooth. they could know. really just both be witty and like ch- like charmed by each other though but anyways i don't know i kind of like the awkward energy <laughs> as an awkward person i kind of i'm like yeah i'd probably do something weird too gotcha <laughs> i like that though um Oh, yeah. So back at the bar, um, there's too many people and, like, the fire marshal show up. Oh, boy. And a fight ensues, a bar brawl, if you will, and some of the girls get pulled in. It's like a sticky situation. So Violet, she looks at a microphone and she's like, bet, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so she grabs the mic and sings one way or another, but, like, lightly sings. Yeah, like, it, it's playing on the jukebox and she's just like... One way, exactly. Yeah, and she gets up on the bar. And she's kind of trying to sell it, but it's like, honestly, if a bar fight that big broke, because literally almost everyone there, it's a crowded. Almost everyone's fighting, and then you got your coworkers that have been pulled down from the bar in the mix, and it's like dangerous. And you think so singing awkward. is gonna do anything? But she doesn't go like Whitney or Mariah. She's like one way, like that's how like loud she gets. I just, I don't know, that song choice, too, really bothers me. Like, why couldn't she pick something more, like, that would really get the crowd going? For sure. Can't, well, can't fight the moonlights till the end, but that would have got them. Yeah. Uh, it's just something, though, but. Don't stop believing. One of those that, like, everyone ends up singing along, whatever yeah. is on that list of songs that, you know, you can't listen to without singing along. Exactly. I don't think this song is exactly there. Just, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. She but- just starts. She's like, clock strikes upon the hour. <laughs> it, like, starts off really timid. And then she's like, 
fully everyone's just like wanting to dance with somebody. I don't know. Yeah, see, that would have worked way better, Nick. <laughs> she wants to feel the heat and then she sets the bar on fire again. <gasps> yeah, then people will be paying attention. For sure. <laughs> I don't know, it was just a little unrealistic. Um, I also love how like her, the one girl... I don't know. What was her name? Was it Courtney or Rachel? Rachel. She's okay. not impressed. She's not impressed. She's like, yeah, she sang along with the jukebox. So what? Meanwhile, this girl, Violet, is like, I should go out to celebrate. And everyone else is like, good job out there. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you saved the day. Wait, it I just came to me. They did like um like a stop motion. Like, what is it? A freeze frame fade to black and white at the end of that night where she's like, on the bar singing like that was supposed to be her big that's like a breakthrough moment i think is what they're trying to push on us but i don't know like maybe for her personally because her comfort zone like singing is out of her comfort zone like in front of people's so. i guess so it is the like real life equivalent of when you see someone that you are like associated with who is ugly and all their comments are you look beautiful tiffany you look beautiful and you're like what <laughs> i feel like that's like the you know everyone's just like you're so great violet yeah you can sing mm-hmm. and but we- i'm like i'm with rachel who gets called the bitch but she's just like being like she just she's keeping it real she's making sense she is she's just like hey you know she like quietly sang along to the jukebox yeah she's like come on everybody <laughs> like i don't think we've discovered the next like ariana grande <laughs> Oh, I loved her sass. Same. I really liked her. I wanted more of her. Rachel's my favorite coyote. Yeah. She's so cool. And I know it's because she's a brunette and I like, as the brunette, like I vibe with my tribe. But Bridget Moynihan's just gorgeous and like fun. I like her and everything. I think too, just like the tricks at the bar, like all the like flipping of the bottle. Like she just looks so cool. She does. Like she's the one coyote who like successfully I feel. Like, I mean, all of them do a really good job. I mean, Tyra Banks does a running man, but we can forget about that. But, like, Rachel, like, she just sells it. She sells all the moves, and she does, like, the cool fire tricks. I love it. Her outfits, too, I feel like are the best. Oh, yeah. But. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, after the situation, she has an emergency, like, she calls this guy. She's like, it's an emergency. I got to come over. Oh, the Aussie. The Aussie, yeah. Which all I know is he's like Mr. O'Donnell. Is that how he's referred? I don't even know his first name if they ever say it. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should know after watching the whole movie. But um, They yeah. call him the Aussie in the movie. The Aussie. He's like, oh, you said it was an emergency. What's going on? It's the middle of the night. And she's like, yeah, I just wanted to give you a kiss or whatever. And then she gives him a kiss. She wakes him up, gives him a kiss, immediately leaves. He's like, where are you going? And she just leaves, goes home. Next thing you know, we cut to her on the roof of her her, with her guitar. But yeah, and also the Australian wants to hear her sing. So there is, we can briefly touch on it because it's like a deleted scene. But there is this deleted scene where he wants to hear her sing so bad. He's, he sets up a scene where she has her piano Mm -hmm. and then the cardboard cutouts of like Bill Clinton yeah. And like whoever. And then they bang. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I didn't remember that part. And I think that's because I think I just I don't know. That's not the way I remembered the scenario. Yeah. 
it was weird. Okay, because she does like a strip tease around the cardboard cutouts. She's like, I know. I forgot what she was exactly saying, but she's like, I got to make you nervous or something before. Yeah. He, but he's not going to sing. He's not. It makes no sense. And I get why they cut it. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what's happening. But uh, cue a montage. Yeah. After they bang where she's inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sings for him. Um, th- there's this the part in this montage where it's like, you're a singer songwriter now. You must get a Mac laptop. <gasps> and it's like one of those very early 2000s Macs. That looks so cool. Yeah. And then they're like in the montage, she sucks at bartending. Oh, yeah. She's like breaking all the bottles. I'm like, girl, that's going to leave a mess. And they're going to like take that from your paycheck probably if you keep breaking all those bottles. It's like the very like she never succeeds, which makes it. That's like the only thing, though, in this montage where it's like she never gets better. It just shows her buying a Mac and then sucking at bartending. She never, like, fumbles and then, like, gets it. I think it's just, like, break, break, break. I was going to say, I think at the end she she does. She gets one? She gets, like, one good, like, spin. Okay. But it, it jumps to that. It's, like, it's it's a lot of breaking bottles up until then. And then it's, like, all of a sudden, she I don't know. One, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't even notice. Yeah. I, I was just like, ah, she sucks. <laughs> You're like, whatever. She's. Oh. But, uh. and unless you want to talk about it, so the Coyotes play baseball, which was in another deleted scene. That was a weird scene. I don't know how I feel about that. It also, like getting, like, the banging scene does not make sense. Yeah. Just the fact that they're playing baseball is already confusing. It's, and like, full stop. It has nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> if they were a baseball team this whole time, like a sexy baseball team, maybe that would make sense. But it's too many things going on. Yeah. You know what I am surprised about, though? What? It's like the only time we see the coyotes outside of the bar is this deleted baseball scene. But like, yeah, I would have loved to see like a storyline where the coyotes are doing things outside. Right. And see, I think I got a little excited seeing that they were doing something outside. And then when I realized they were just like, the, they just had the one girl like strip to distract the guy to win the game it was kind of like, eh. I don't know. Mm, keep it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, keep the coyoteing to the bar. Is, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed unnecessary. Like, it wasn't funny or anything. So, what was the point? Right? It was just kind of creepy, honestly. Yeah. And then she visits John Goodman. Oh, yeah. Um, and her dad basically finds out that she is a coyote. Right. And doesn't speak to her. He's like, I'm not speaking to you, you slut. He doesn't say that, but that's a, <laughs> that's a gist. Yeah, that's basically that's basically um, it. Um, oh, I was going to say, let's see. So she also gets in a fight with her boyfriend, right? Because is this the same night where the guy is trying to, like, dance with her? or? Oh, no, no, no. It's the Aussie sets up something with, like, a record, record executive or something to hear her sing or he heard work oh yeah and he's like meet me at this bar at this time and she's like well i have to work but i'll get off and she tells lil she's like i gotta get off at 10 and then the bar is like slammed and lil is like this is my life this is a bar this is new york city if you want to sing like this is the place to be baby we're the coyotes this yeah. is coyote ugly and so she can't and she's on the payphone telling the aussie like i can't and he gets fucking pissed yeah, he has to give up his Spider-Man comic book. 
Yeah, because I guess that he like was like, I'll give you this comic if you uh, listen to my girlfriend sing. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, the Aussie comes to the bar. And mm-hmm. as he is, like, there's, like, a drunk older man that's trying to kind of, like, fondle Violet. And then the Aussie takes it, like, like yeah. don't mess with my girl. And, like, pulls him off the stage and, like, beats the crap out of him. Yeah. I was kind of here for that. But then, like, somehow Violet gets in trouble because I guess is there just, like, rules? Don't bring your boyfriend into Don't the bring work. your boyfriend. Yeah. And he was, like, a regular. And the guy was a regular. Yeah. So then she gets fired. And then she, like, has a big fight with the Aussie. And then this is what really got me when she goes. She turns to him and she goes, well, because he's giving her a hard time about being a coyote and how that's not, like, I don't know. like he's like, you floozy. You floozy. You're singing here. You think it means something. It means nothing. Well, you, you should be singing even if you're making pennies because at least you'd be singing. And then she's like, well, it must be easy being you. You have no dreams and no hopes. I know. We don't know <laughs> anything about this Aussie except he wants to hear her sing. She's right. She's she's also a coyote. Like, mm-hmm. that's a cool job. Yeah. I don't know. Even if this movie ended with her just being like, and I'm going to be a coyote, I would have been like, good for you, girl. <laughs> She just gives up her songwriting dreams and just... No, she just sings at the bar. Oh. I mean, hey. It's New York City's hottest nightclub on the Lower East Side. True. Guess if it's the hottest club in town, I mean, hey. Hey, if Stefan from SNL could... It seems like that. Yeah, if like he it recommends has it, all. It, it has it all. Um, wow. I don't know. I just thought that line was savage, though. It was. Um, her friend... Then, like, we cut to her friend, the Pepto girl. Uh Pepto girl is her name. I don't know her name. But, yeah, she's getting married back in Joyzy. Yeah. And she makes up with her dad at the wedding. But in the same day, her dad gets hit by a car and is in the hospital. And she's playing phone tag with the Aussie. Yeah. It all happens. It's all there. It's all happening at once. Yeah. I like Brie. What did you think about when John Goodman's in the hospital and he's like, because this whole time Violet's like, I don't sing because my mom had stage fright. And I'm like, my mom, I can't sing in public. And the dad's like, oh, yeah, sweetie, um, your mom did not have stage fright. She was like, love the stage. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, huh? Has he been lying? And then he was like, she was fine up there. I just, I never told her she was great because I wanted her to choose me and not the music. <laughs> that was so dramatic. I don't know. Like, so insecure, John was, Goodman. I know. I was like, geez, okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't have to be one or the other. I'm sure she could be a great singer and, and be famous and, you know. Maybe more fa- she'd be more famous than you. Would that be a problem? I mean, he works at a toll booth. He works at a toll booth. Like, the stakes are very low. But yeah, like, what's it to him? I don't know. That was interesting. But then he was like, I'm not going to make that mistake twice. He's like, you're not coming home. You better live your dreams, which I liked. I liked that part. I liked that scene. Yeah. Honestly, like, John Goodman and Piper Parabo together acting. I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. No, it was sweet. It was believable. It, yeah. 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 Well, anyway, she's inspired by all the 
things that have happened mm-hmm. in her wild, crazy life. So she writes, can't fight the moonlight on her Mac. Yeah, which I want to know, like, what program is that? Like, is it a real program or is it something? It can't be. Like, it was so easy to just, like, be, like, creating a hit. Yeah, and there's, like, a little, like, piano, like, little cartoon piano, basically. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even look that, like, it's not, like, Garage Band, you know? No. Like, it's, like... <laughs> Like, is this real? Is this a video game? Like, can I download this program? I want that. Yeah. That's so bad. I love, too, how on the old school Mac, she just types in, can't fight the moonlight. (laughs) Just, like, as, like, the name of the file. Yeah. She's like, okay. But, but yeah. So she has her first gig at the Bowery Ballroom. Yeah. Um, And she has stage fright. Mm-hmm. And she goes with, well, she goes with her dad and her best friend, and she's driving in the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um. Which Lucina is cute. It's very cute. It's very dangerous. <laughs> but it's cute. She's like, because her dad's the toll guy. He, like, tells one of his, I guess, one of the guys that also works at the toll when they're crossing over from Joyzy. Yeah. Um, He's like, yeah, do the one, two, three, which, I don't know, I guess that just... Is a free, I don't know exactly what yeah, it is. It's like, like a free. Like you get through for entry. free and, and then the lights go off and buzz. And then she like, she pulls through and then just like skirts, and, like cuts off all these other cars. She's like, tries to do a U-turn. She's like, I can't do this. <laughs> but then he gives her a pep talk and she's like, I can do this. And then she does the U-turn dangerously again to into the city. <laughs> yeah. She just does like a. What is it called when and cars do the swirly? Not a figure eight, but it's oh, like a... A donut? A donut. Yeah, she basically does a donut. She's wiling out. She's just risking it all. Yeah. But yeah, so she gets to the Bowery Ballroom and her stage fright bubbles up again. Mm-hmm. And, um, but this time, like, the lights go dark, mm-hmm. which we know from a scene previously that Violet can sing when the lights go out. Mm-hmm. But who turned off the lights at the ballroom? Her boo. The Aussie. Um, and then the lights go back up and she sings Can't Fight the Moonlight with some mild coyote choreo. Yeah. It's like once she gets over the first like five seconds, she's golden. It's just the starting of the song, which I get it. I've I've been up there on karaoke. <laughs> very like. Not the very low stakes. <laughs> It's very um, what dreams are made of from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yes. Oh, yeah, because she has that stage fright, too. It is very much the same, except, well, yeah, no, she ends up singing for real, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, you know, for Hillary Duff, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, all I wrote is I want leather pants. <laughs> like, she is rocking those leather pants. Right? And she can't fight the moonlight. Right, and then and then it cuts to like the bar, right? After three months later, three months later, with Leanne Rhymes singing her song, "Can't Fight the Moonlight." Oh yeah, and then the, in the background you can see like a like a banner where it says "Congrats, Jersey," and then it's like a party at the Coyote Ugly. Yeah, and then she auctions off her dad, <laughs> which I love how like. That one lady, speaking of the Lizzie McGuire movie, who plays Miss Ungermeyer, mm-hmm. and she was like, can go more girls, too, on Mad TV. Mm. But anyway, she's in the audience, and she's, like, hooting and hollering at John Goodman. Yeah. And then John Goodman starts to, like, take off his pants, and she's like, 
put them on because she's originally like take it off and then she's like put it on <laughs> oh she's hilarious she is like i think that's like the perfect just like the cameo too yeah just like to say a one-liner like do that one little bit and like leave is it's good i appreciated that for real do you have any final thoughts? Because that's like the end of the movie. That's basically the it. her and the Aussie kiss. Oh yeah, that's and they right. were like, "I've had it. We have it all." My dream. All she was. She literally goes, "All my dreams have come true." Uh huh. And that's it. I guess your your life is fulfilled, and that's all you need. And then like it, it's like a slow motion kiss. All you need, Brie, to is Leanne Rhymes <laughs> to sing your song. Actually, that would be really awesome. Maybe that is all I need. <laughs> Maybe. I'd have to write a song first, though. I think Leanne Rhymes she, could do it now. I don't know. Where is Leanne Rhymes? She's still doing music? What is she doing? Is she? I don't know. Where is she now? That's like a Coyote Ugly that was not in the clickbait. She had a song that came out in 2020 called I Do. Hmm. Let's see. How Much a Heart Can Hold in 2022. Hey, that's recent. I don't know. Maybe she's been making things and I just haven't kept up with her in a while. I don't know. Is she a real housewife now? Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Where is she? Where is Leanne Rhymes? Yeah. Maybe that's something to, to look into, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Brie, what is your thoughts on Can't Fight the Moonlight? It's a bop. I found myself singing along without realizing I knew some of the words. Because, yeah. And you were saying like that song must have been, it was like everywhere? For me, it was. Like I said, I had that one single in my CD player for, like, the whole month of August 2000, so. I probably heard it around you. I probably, probably. I know I saw the movie. I don't know if I saw it exactly at, like, six or whatever, but I know I saw it somewhere, maybe a couple years later or something, and I don't know. Yeah. I was it, like 12, I, maybe? I feel like it was a hit song. Hmm. It's a bop. It's the best it song. Uh i think on there i know original song i agree like what we like hear violet sing throughout Mm -hmm. but can't fight the moonlight like it's one of those songs when she finally like starts making that you're like okay i get it yeah okay the other ones are just like eh, they're very like jewel knockoffy and then this one she's like she's really serving it yeah but then you get back to, like, the ending credit song is another Leanne Rhymes ballad. Mm-hmm. So random. Yeah. I love how Leanne Rhymes is just snuck in the very end of the film. I also love it, too. Like, I know she had, like, some crossover success with, like, how do I, how do I live? Mm-hmm. But, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Leanne Rhymes was not, like, a, a big pop star. I don't know. It's a very, like, random choice to have Leanne Rhymes do like a couple songs for Coyote Ugly. Yeah. But I'm here for it. I love the randomness. I love Leanne Rhymes. I mean, I remember her being big-ish. I don't know. She's like country, right? I honestly don't know. I think. I don't know what she is. I just remember hearing the name Leanne Rhymes around a lot, but I don't. And, and listening to, I guess a couple, I know a couple of her songs were on the radio a lot, but I don't really know other like- than that. She was like a child prodigy. I know that. Mm. Like people were like, "Oh my god, this country girl, she's a wonder kind." Mm. But uh, but yeah, that last song was like 
crazy. Did Diane Warren write one of these songs? I feel like she did. It's always Diane Warren. It always is. Still no Oscar, but it all goes back to Diane Warren. Justice for Diane Warren. Yes. One day. Yeah. She's got to have her Randy Newman moment and like win that Oscar. Right. Because he had so many 15, nominations. I think. Yeah. It'll happen for her. There's still time. Justice for Diane. <laughs> but but um, yeah, do you have any final thoughts on Coyote Ugly? I don't know. Like, I just feel like this was a fun one. Like, I would definitely watch again. It's still, it's still fun to watch. And if I was watching it, you know, with less of a critical eye too, like, I think it's just fun. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the fashion a lot and the story, you know. So fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed Coyote Ugly. And I get why, like, especially style-wise, this is having such a moment. Like, I want to – I will watch it again. I, I think everyone should watch it if yeah. they're into this. If they want to get nostalgic. It's just such a time capsule. So. I agree. It also – you know what? What are those shirts that are called – like, that are – like loosely opened and they're like tied like right here and then they like open at the belly button there's like a oh, butterfly shape almost. they're so what? in right now too. yeah what is that top called no idea but i know what you're talking about yeah it's like a flyaway like belly button thing and a halter top as well so it's like halter you know what i'm saying ties yeah. in the middle I like to wear with your low rise to wear jeans. with your low rise yeah oh you know what <gasps> what I didn't even mention this the whole time, but belt buckles. Oh, yeah. Oh, because it's coyote. They're in a saloon. But I coyote. love belt buckles. A good, big, chunky belt buckle. Mm. Or just a chunky belt. Bring it back. Bring it back. I was going to say, the only cherry on top to this Y2K aesthetic being brought back is we don't have enough body glitter. Or do you remember those gems Mm. that go around your belly button? Like the little like rhinestone sticky on gems? Yeah, we didn't get any of that. We need to bring that back. And then we'll be complete. Our coyote ugly aesthetic will be complete. Yeah. Some hair glitter. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm here for that. Especially the body glitter too. So into it. Yeah. But, but yeah. So that was coyote ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, guys, for being around for this journey. Yeah, you can follow us at the Late to the Party Pod on Instagram, and um, you can follow me at Nick D Jensen on all platforms. You can find me at Brie underscore Piconi on all platforms, and uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and if you have any movie club suggestions please email us at the late to the party pod at gmail. Yeah. So see ya. Bye. Bye.